let us never forget. weight of freedom it's real this morning we could talk today about the 4,435 that lost their life in the American Revolution we could talk about the war of 1812 where 2,260 lost their life we could talk to the end about the Indian Wars where a thousand lost their life between the years of 1817 and 1898. We could talk about the Mexican-American War from 1846 to 1848 and talk about that 1733. Or we could talk about the Civil War from 1861 to 1865 where 140,414 Union soldiers as well as 74,000 524 Confederate soldiers lost their life. Or we could discuss World War I where 53,402 lost theirs. Or we could get a little closer to home in our generation in World War II where 291,557 of our men lost their life. But then those sitting in this room, maybe a few from Korea can even talk about laying some of their brothers in arms to rest because in 1950 to 1953 we lost 33,739. I know that we have those that served fiercely and faithfully in Vietnam in this room this morning between the years of 1964, 1975, but 47,434 of their brothers didn't come home as they did. We could talk about the Persian Gulf War where 148 lost their life or we could talk this morning about the global war on terrorism that's going on since 2001 to present day where we've lost 6,915. Allow me to say again the weight of freedom. It is real. It is something that cannot be ignored. It's something that you and I must make sure that we teach a generation that freedom isn't free. You have to forgive me this morning. I may be a little emotional, but I come this morning while I'm thankful for the presence of God in this room, but I come with a solemn assembly today to tell you that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. You can bow before Buddha or Allah or whoever you'd like to bow, but you're still going to be lost and you're still going to go to hell. But when a man will humble himself or a woman will humble themselves at the feet of Jesus, the one that shed the blood at Calvary, there is a washing away of sin and there is a new birthing process that takes place where every man, woman, boy, or girl that will call on his name will experience the true freedom that can only come from him where liberty is something that rings continually, where no devil in hell is able to come against us and prosper, but we are able to walk in power and authority even in the present. But let me remind you the weight of freedom. It is real. I'm already off track, so let me just give you a story this morning. If you must have been on the eastern coast of Florida in the mid-60s all the way up to 1973, down by some of the old piers, you'd find that an elderly old man was very slow in his moving and humped over slightly. Every Friday, you would find him with a bucket of fish in his pail and you would think that he was a crazy old man because of the simple fact that there would be seagulls all around him and swarming his head and he began to feed them the fish out of his pail every Friday. 
1973, it was the last time that he was able to do it because he ended his life here and stepped into eternity. But when you know the backstory of this man by the name of Eddie, you will find that in 1942 in October, he was flying a B-17 and it became dangerous and he lost his radio signal and became low on fuel and they had to jump out of the B-17 and they found themselves in a raft. And they found that they had many sleepless nights and they was battling all of the elements of the rain and the storms, but sharks was hitting the side of the raft at night trying to overthrow them. But one of the things that was most deadly to them, eight days in, they found that they had no more food, they had no more supplies, and it looked like starvation was getting ready to take their life. When all of a sudden Eddie was sitting in this raft and his comrades were sitting there with him and all of a sudden something landed on Eddie's shoulder. He didn't want to move but as you listen to his story he says that somehow he knew what it was and he said all of the men on the raft began to look at him and dared not move but sitting on Eddie's shoulder hundreds of miles away from the seashore there was a seagull that was sitting there. And he realized this, if I can just catch this, starvation will not take us. And somehow, miraculously, he was able to reach up and grab that seagull. And that seagull didn't even try to move, but he was able to grab that thing and they was able to eat the meat of that seagull. And Not only did they eat the meat and it provided it willingly, we find that they took the intestines of that seagull and made bait and therefore they was able to fish and they was able to live for 30 days uh, in the middle of nowhere because of the simple fact uh, one seagull that wasn't supposed to be there but miraculously showed up uh, provided life uh, for Eddie and those men and therefore uh, as Eddie was an old man and came back to the coast of Florida every Friday out of a sense of gratitude uh, he would take that pail and he would go down to the pier and he would begin to feed those seagulls because uh, he never forgot uh, what happened uh, in 1942. Uh, Can I tell you this morning uh, you may never heard a message about a seagull this morning uh, but can I tell you uh, about 2,000 years ago uh, there was one that wasn't supposed to be there uh, but he stepped from the portals of glory uh, and they said father not my will but your will be done Uh, and even when the weight got so heavy uh, he said I think I'll just go a little further Uh, oh come on somebody uh, listen this morning Uh, you and I are in a place uh, where we can stand uh, and shout uh, shout a triumph this morning uh, because it wasn't a seagull that provided uh, the ultimate sacrifice uh, but the king King of kings and Lord of lords, uh, he stepped down uh, and he said, I'll give everything uh, so that you can have life. Uh, You might be here this morning uh, bound, uh, struggling, uh, but there is a way uh, and Jesus is the way. Oh, somebody. Oh. Oh. Oh, somebody ought to just remember Listen, uh, I know you might be going through some stuff, uh, but can you remember uh, the night that you got saved? Uh, Can you remember when everything was closing in uh, and the devil said, I got you, but all of a sudden Jesus uh, steps in, uh, didn't condemn you, uh, but he wrapped his arms of love around you uh, and he said, I will carry the load. Oh. Oh, this morning, Can I tell you, we're in a place this morning where the world is rocking, where the world is shaking, but this morning,
There is one on the right hand of the Father making intercessions for you and I. And this morning, uh, we don't have to be in fear. Uh, we don't have to be full of anxiousness and anxieties. Uh, but you and I just got to remember. Uh, you got to remember uh, that everything back there uh, isn't doom and gloom. Uh, but there's some things back there uh, that's still worth shouting about. Uh, there's some things back there uh, that's still worth dancing for. Uh, there's some things back there uh, that's still uh, worthy uh, to be uh, talked about. Uh, and looked upon uh, and Jesus is the one that we need to get our focus back on this morning. Hear me today. Hear me today. We're in a place right now where the world does not need religion but the world needs to see you living a life of gratitude because of what Christ has done for you in this moment of time. Nearly 13 years ago now, there was a ship that began to make history before it ever even touched the water. The USS New York was built in a very unique fashion. This particular ship this morning is one of five and its assignment is basically designed for missions that include special operations against terrorism. This ship will carry 360 sailors. It will also carry 700 combat ready Marines to be delivered ashore by helicopter or assault craft. September the 9th, 2003, seven and a half tons of steel from the World Trade Center was poured into a mold and melted down in Louisiana. And it was poured to make the bow of this particular ship. There was 24 tons of steel from the World Trade Center throughout this ship. But the bow of the boat, the bow of the ship, on September the 3rd, September the 9th, rather, 2003, it says the founder, operation manager, said that when he first touched the steel of the Trade Center with his hand, that his hair stood up on his neck. The Navy captain that was present when they began to pour the steel said the steel workers rough and tough as they are, with total reverence, stood very somber, and they said it was almost like a spiritual moment. The reason that I bring this to your attention is because the operations manager of this particular foundry said this, they knocked us down, they can't keep us down, we're going to be back. Every ship that is ever built has a motto with it. This one is strength forged through sacrifice. But then in large letters on this ship, you will find never forget. It was commissioned on November the 7th, 2009 as an instrument of freedom and peace. This morning, can I tell you, it's still on the waters today making sure that you and I are free. Beyond all of the political noise, you hear me, there is still men and women in uniform that has taken an oath and they're willing to lay down their life so that you can have freedom. Don't you ever forget. You see, as a nation this morning, I simply want you to understand that while some may say that this motto, never forget, is almost like holding a grudge. Let's not let our mind go there, but let's stand here and be honest this morning. If we forget our past of what has happened then it's very likely that history will repeat itself. Yeah. 
So I, for one, this morning, do not want to forget what has happened. I don't want to forget those who have lost sons and daughters and mothers and fathers for the freedom that we are enjoying this morning. Our flag this morning stands for freedom. You better stand for it. You better salute it. You better teach your children, your grandchildren. You hear me this morning. I'm a little patriotic. Listen. Our flag stands for those who have given their lives so that you and I can stand here and disagree with one another and even what they stood for then. Not only do we as Americans have the privilege to salute and pay homage to a flag such as our American flag, but we as other people all around the globe, we have the opportunity also to stand under another flag. I want to talk to you about it just for a moment. I'm not going to keep you long today. But joining me on this platform this morning, something that's here every week but we don't pay much attention to probably like we should. Would you hear me this morning, please? We have a Christian flag. I would dare to say if you didn't go to a Christian school, an ACE school, or Becca program, you probably don't know a whole lot about this flag. But this flag is something that's very unique. This Christian flag is the only free flag in the world. It is different from any other flag, religious or secular, ancient or modern. This flag, it is uncontrolled, it is independent, and it's universal. Unlike all national flags and all denominational flags of various churches, this flag has no earthly bonds or allegiance. Christ and Christ alone is its master without limitations. It exists for all the world's people regardless of sex, race, national boundaries, economic condition, poverty, politics, slavery, or freedom. This flag, it cannot be restricted by any nation nor any denomination. This unique universal quality makes it like the air that we breathe. Please hear me. Belonging to all and yet owned by none. For those who want it, wherever and whenever, it is freely theirs. This Christian flag is one of the oldest unchanged flags in the world. It was conceived on September the 26th, 1897. It was presented the following Sunday. And it still is presented in its original form today. It's never went through transformation. The white on this flag represents purity and peace. The blue on this flag stands for truth and sincerity. And the red on this flag, which is the cross, this morning, the red on this flag deals with the color of sacrifice, calling us to the mind where the blood was shed by Christ on Calvary. The first pledge of this Christian flag was written by a Methodist pastor in 1908. It says, I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one brotherhood uniting all mankind in service and love. Can I tell you this morning, while many things have changed, this has not changed. And what it represents has not changed. You and I, as men and women of God, we are still to walk with purity. And we're still to be men and women of peace. We are still to be men and women that are faithful, full of truth, and full of sincerity. But we are also men and women that are called to remember the ultimate sacrifice that he made. And in our culture today, I know it's not popular, and I know that everything is different, but one thing you and I have to understand is that God has always asked his people to remember. 
If you was to read in your Bibles, Exodus chapter 12, a very familiar passage of Scripture, for most of us in this room, you would read of the story of the Passover. The plagues has all been, now the 10th plague is getting ready to come. The Lord says, go take out a lamb without spot, take the blood, put it on the lentils in the doorpost of your home because tonight the death angel is going to come through. And if there is not blood applied to the house, then the firstborn of all families is going to be destroyed. But if you read that passage, he said, but if I see the blood, I'll pass over you. But when you read Exodus chapter 12 and you get down to verse number 14, he simply says, and this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it. A feast to the Lord throughout your generation. You shall keep it a feast by the ordinance forever. He made sure to tell them. And we know throughout studying the word of the Lord that that is a type in the shadow of, the, of Christ uh, at Calvary. He simply was saying to them, don't you ever fail to remember the weight of freedom. Well, how weighty is freedom? If you was to go to your Bibles this morning in Mark chapter number 14, you will find that Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, goes a little further away from the disciples, and they're in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, I'm going to go yonder, and I'm going to pray. He said, watch with me. It says that he brings Peter, James, and John, and then he goes a little further, and in your Bible, you will read these words where it simply says, and he fell on the ground. Think about it. It says, and he went a forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. All God but still all man, knowing what the purpose was before he ever stepped from the portals of heaven, knowing what his mandate was when he was laying in a manger, knowing what his mandate was when he was 12 years old in the temple, knowing what was at the verge in just a few years when he was being baptized by John in the Jordan. And he was saying, I'm willing I'm willing, I'm willing. But when the hour got near and the price was getting ready to have to be paid, he walked a little further and he fell down because the weight of your sin and my sin became so heavy that he couldn't stand under the load. But Yet he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Can I tell you those that have fought for this nation, they wasn't full of courage when they was in the foxhole, no. They was burdened by fear, but yet they said, nevertheless, I'm here and my mama's back home, my brother's back home, my family's back home. I got to stand now because if I let them take this line, then what else are they gonna take? And they said, we'll conquer this thing and we'll stand and we'll be the ultimate sacrifice and we laid it down. Can I tell you, the weight of freedom this morning uh, cannot be ignored, uh, but I'm thankful for this freedom that I have in the natural. Uh, but I wanna talk to you this morning just for about two minutes uh, about a spiritual freedom. Uh, I am so sick and tired of men and women that say Jesus is Lord of my life but you're bound you're afflicted you're disturbed and I'm here to tell you he fell down under the weight so that you can rise up in victory this morning don't you give the devil the authority in your life can I tell you there's still a flag that you're under and when you're under this, uh, you are in a place of power and authority. Jesus.
on the ground. Not my will, but your will be done. He gets up. Could you not watch? Falls down. Lord, if there's any other way. Could you not watch? Lord, if there's any other way, but I'm here to do your will. The third time when he come up, he didn't come up defeated. You hear me? He didn't come up hanging his head down. But if you read a little further in Mark chapter 14, he walked back to those that were sleeping. He said, sleep on, but you better rise up and let's go because the one that's going to betray me is here. But he said, I'm ready. Now, he didn't run, but he stood and he waited. Read your Bible. About that time, there begins to be commotion coming up the road. He knew what was happening. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. But he said, I will fight and I will win so freedom can reign. And he stood. One that he had sat with, one that he had washed their feet, one that he had poured into comes and kisses him on the cheek. But he says, I'm ready. But notice. He left that garden. He was in power. He was in authority. He goes to Pilate's hall. He's beaten. He's ridiculed. He's mocked. His garments are stripped from him. He's humiliated. He's still walking. He's still moving. But then they place that old rugged cross on his back. And as he started up the cobblestone streets, we read where he fell again. And they grabbed Simon and said, carry this thing. It wasn't easy, my friend. But when they got to the top of Golgotha's hill, when he could have called 10,000 angels to come and rescue him. You hear me? It was decision time. Will I stay the course? And he laid down and he stretched his arms out. They didn't have fight with him. He said, I'm, I'm becoming what I was born to be, the sacrifice for humanity. And on the altar of sacrifice, when the world began to cheer and the religious leaders of the day said, we've got him, we've won. When they came and they took his body down and wrapped it and put it in the tomb and sealed it and set guards out front Looked like it was over. Looked like defeat was present. But we just came out of Easter season. And we just came out of the Passover season. Very significant times for you and I who are men and women of faith. Because very early, the first day of the week, before it was yet dawn, the earth began to shake and their sound began to be heard that had never been heard before. The sound of the bell of freedom like we've never known began to ring. Can I tell you, men will travel and look at the old Liberty Bell and all of those things in the natural. 
But if you just stand still in the stillness, if you just, just quiet yourself in the spirit realm, there's a ringing of a bell of freedom that man cannot silence, that the enemy can't drown out no matter how loud it is. Because very early in the morning, the angel of the Lord said, Why seek ye the living among the dead? I know who you're searching for, but he's not here. He is risen. You know what he was saying? He said, For the first time since Adam, you now can walk in freedom. I want to ask you this morning, how free are you? I'm not asking how religious you are. I'm not asking how long you've been to church. I'm not, I'm not asking how, how, how long your, your name's been on this roll or how many committees you served. Not, not, that, none of that matters to me. I'm not talking to anybody else but you this morning. How free are you? How many times did you let the devil play in your mind this week? How many times did you let anxiety grip your heart? How many times was you so fearful that you had to second guess what you was doing? How many times have you just allowed those, those issues just to remain and wreak havoc on your family? Can I tell you this morning... The word of the Lord is very clear. He that the Son sets free is free indeed. John 10 tells us, he said he did not come to condemn the world, but he came that the world might have life, that we could be set free, that we could walk in victory, that we could walk in power. Listen, I'm not talking about kingdom now garbage. No, I'm talking about walking in the power and the glory and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about understanding that I have been bought with the price and I belong to another and this world is not my home. I'm just a pilgrim passing through. But I can tell you this, I have an assignment here. As much as I want to get to heaven, listen, I have a lot of loved ones in heaven. The heaven's getting sweeter every day that I live. I hate to see what I'm going to be when I'm 60, an old man like Warren. He is 60 on June 2nd. I don't know how sentimental I'm going to be when I'm 60. I may have a little lap dog too. I don't know because I can find out that as I'm approaching, as I'm approaching, as I'm ever getting so close to 50, as long as I'm, I'm ever getting so close to 50, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little more sensitive. I don't know if that's good or bad, but, but, but I start reflecting. I start reflecting and it starts, it starts just Things start changing, emotions start happening, and I'm like, but when I really pause and start looking at what Jesus really did, can I tell you, I've never, never felt it like I do at this stage of my life. It's worth fighting for, my friend. I know this may shock some of you, but your children will be okay and your grandchildren will be okay if they get in the midst of a genuine move of the Holy Spirit. It will not harm them. It might transform them. To become true men and women of God that God has desired them to be for their generation. Because I'm going to tell you something. The things that we're facing in the future are nothing compared to what we're, uh, what we're facing now is nothing compared to what we're getting ready to face. Can I tell you something is changing? What I believe is this. Right now, whether we realize it or not, and I'm bringing this to a close, we're in the midst, in this whole crisis, in this pandemic, there is a changing of the guard that's taking place. Brother Rabbi Zacharias finished his course this week. 
one of the most intelligent men, humble men, powerful men. When he had tried to take his life as a 17-year-old boy, a failed suicide attempt, he come to realize Jesus was real and become one of the greatest minds. An atheist said, there is no God. But then came and has mentored, spoke. My dear friend, Brother Rick Clendenin, one of the greatest Bible teachers I ever had the privilege of sitting under, finished his course this week. No longer here. While they didn't die on a natural battlefield, listen, I've traveled enough, spent enough time with these elder men such as Dale Yurton and others. I can tell you this, there's a lot of times that they'd like to have been on the golf course or they'd like to have been at a birthday party or they'd like to have been doing something else, but no, they packed up their bag. Brother Yurton still at his age still packs up a bag and is still in Mexico and other places all around the globe continually because why? Because of the simple fact I must ring this bell of freedom. Said so this, I can't quit, I can't quit, I can't quit. And really what he is, he's nothing more than a picture of that old ship, the USS New York, that says never forget. He's out there still sailing saying I'll never forget what Jesus done for me. Listen. I don't want you to live in your past, but I want you to visit your past right now. And I don't want you to focus on all the dark and the negative, but I want you to focus on that light that came running in and said, I am here. And I want you to remember that. Don't you ever forget. I used to sing a song, Jesus, I'll never forget. You brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget. Anybody remember that? Don't ever forget. But when I remember, as they come to the piano this morning, when I remember, it triggers something in my spirit where I have to realize this. I must, I must tell a generation that Jesus is still real. He's still saving. Still delivering. How do I know that to even be true? Can I tell you? The sweetness of the Holy Spirit has been present in this room from the beginning of this service. Last week, a wonderful presence in this room. I would tell you that in this season, the Lord is stretching me as He's stretching many of you. But I want you to understand. Even on last Sunday morning, was we were standing in the presence of the Lord, was in His room, and and I'm very careful. And if I sense the Lord is depositing something in my spirit, I try to be faithful to share it. But sometimes that's a little intimidating, and sometimes it's a little challenging. And those of you that was here last week, at the end, I began to share with you some of the things that I felt the Lord was putting on my spirit. That there was those that needed a touch in this manner and that manner, and can I tell you that no man went and touched anybody or did anything, but right where they were standing, people began to be healed and delivered by the power of God. Why? It's because of the freedom that he bought and paid for. Now, I believe in James chapter 5. If any sick among you... Let them call on the elders of the church, anointing them with oil, praying the prayer of faith. They shall be saved. They shall be healed of all things that ail them. I believe that. We practice that. We should do those things. But at the same time, I also want you to understand your freedom's already been bought and paid for. And you don't need a man. You don't need a woman. You don't need somebody to blow it on you, spit it on you. God wants to move that way, that's fine. Glad he does that. I wouldn't have much to do if he didn't move that way. But at the same time, what I'm saying is this, is sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning when nobody can get to you and the enemy says, it's over. It's over. All you got to do is say, 
devil, if you want to hang out here, you got about 30 seconds, but it's only because I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you something that maybe you have forgotten that I haven't forgotten. Do you remember a place called Jerusalem? Do you remember a place called Calvary? Oh, by the way, do you remember that there's a borrowed tomb there that's empty today? That's right. And he also gave me a word, and that was, if I resist you, you have to flee. So why are you still here? Can I tell you this morning, no matter where you find yourself today, there's freedom. go back to Captain Eddie late in his life weak not moving like he once did but yet there was a heart of gratitude and he said because one was willing to give everything I'm going to make sure that I do everything in my power to take care of those that's near me. You see, today, there is a bunch of seagulls all around us that's hungry, it's thirsty, they're malnourished. And they can find some things laying on the bank and maybe survive. God is not looking for this generation to survive. He's looking for this generation to thrive. Because if you haven't noticed yet, we are not in the last days, but we are in the final moments of the last days. And I believe that the bride of Christ has been ushered into the changing room and we're getting ready to put on a royal garment like we never have because we're getting ready to meet him. And there is a mandate upon your sons and daughters and your grandchildren. And God is about to do a work in their lives. And there's some prodigals and there's some backsliders coming home. There's a quick work that's getting ready to be done. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't have to go to Calvary. But I can go get my spiritual pail. And in my pail, I can fill that pail with some fresh fish. See, I, 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 can, I can go get some little loaves of bread. And I can relive that little boy's sack lunch, so to speak. And I can say, I don't have much, but what I have, I can present because there's something about it. He's already touched it. He's already, then listen, can I tell you, I can feed those in this generation where they're not surviving, but where they're thriving because I can still give them Jesus. I can still give them the power of the Holy Spirit. I can still give them revelation of who Jesus really is. But you can't do that. I can't do that if my heart's not turned towards you. I'm sure every Friday, Eddie didn't feel like walking that old pier, but he was committed. I'm sure that the sun wasn't shining every Friday, but they said every Friday he would go in the rain, in the storm. He was there because those old seagulls was waiting for him to be there and he provided what they needed. Mamas and daddies, mothers and fathers, spiritual mothers and fathers in this house, let me tell you something. Deep down inside of you, you have what this generation needs. They don't need religion, but they need that Holy Spirit fire that's been inside of you all these years. I'm not so concerned about the new fads and fashion. Do whatever you want to do with all of that. Just give me Jesus. Give me an authentic move of the Holy Spirit. 
And let's see a generation begin to thrive and experience the freedom that we have in Jesus. The greatest thing I can pass to this generation is not materialistic things or wealth. The greatest thing I can give to you or your children, grandchildren, is a revelation that Jesus really is the supreme authority. As we stand all over this house this morning, I want to give you this. Because he was willing to fall down under the weight that he carried, you and I can rise up in victory today. No matter what you're facing, no matter what your challenge is, no matter what the struggle may be, no matter what the lie of the enemy is, concerning you and your life there is victory in Jesus today I don't need to know what your struggle is I don't know, need to know what what the enemy might have tried to bring into your life what have you I just need to tell you that Not only did he purchase freedom, but he's still defending that freedom today. And he defends it in such a way where he simply says, if you just trust me, he said, I won't let anything come nigh you. Maybe you just need a fresh start. Maybe you just need just a, a peace to come. Can I tell you this morning, this is still something to celebrate. This is still something to salute. This, my friend, is not just temporary, but this is everlasting. It's time for you and I in America. Could I borrow you real quick? In my office, in the bottom drawer of that great cabinet, you'll find a flag. It just hit me. has never been more of a time like now for men and women such as you and I to go back to our foundation as a nation. Before we ever had this flag, before we ever had Betsy Ross's flag, some of the first ships that we sailed under was this in this great nation. That's what we sailed under. Here's what I'm asking you to do with me today. Just make an appeal to heaven. You know what I've had to say in recent days? Father, forgive me for taking my freedom for granted. Father, forgive me. Forgive me. For getting so busy that I got my eyes off Calvary. Father, forgive me. Forgive me for making it about a piece of property or a building or a ministry, but Father, forgive me for not making it about souls. And I tell you right now, there's, there's somebody's son, somebody's daughter in the crosshairs of the enemy. They're believing the lie that says you're not valuable, you're not worthy. But if somebody, well, you don't even know their name, just begin to intercede on their behalf and say, God, 
we refuse to lose a generation. I'm reminded and I alluded to it the other day when the prophet said, if it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even be talking to you, but because he's with you, go make the valley ready. Dig some ditches. He said, because it's not going to be in the traditional manner, but that valley is going to be full of water. But when the sun come up the next morning, the illuminating light of the sun made the water look like it was red. And the enemy said, oh, they must have slaughtered each other. It's full of blood. Uh, no, uh, what they didn't realize, what there was a glimpse of the blood of Jesus that said, I protect my own. Uh, I protect uh, and I fight on their behalf. Uh, there's a God that's fighting for you right now. While you're standing here, maybe the enemy said it's all over. There's been Jesus on the side of the Father this morning making intercessions for you. Say, look, they made it to church this morning. They didn't have to, but they're in my house this morning. God, won't you just, would you just let the Holy Spirit while he's down there on earth right now, would you just let him pass by 1892 West State Road 44 and just touch, Lord, you said you didn't want, I don't want to lose any of those that you gave me, but Lord, would you just let the Holy Spirit touch their heart and let them know that they're loved. Somebody in this room needs to know this morning that you're loved. He, he, he's not forgotten. He's not abandoned you. I know that's what it feels like. I, I know what's what the enemy's telling you, uh, that you can't get beyond. But can I tell you, God is still ringing that bell of freedom right now. As they get ready to minister in song, if you're under the sound of my voice and there's, a, there's been a tug at your heart, I want you to come and stand in the front of this building. Just make a line across the front of this building. I want to pray with you. I want to pray over you this morning. If you need a touch physically, if you need a touch mentally, emotionally, maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you just need a sense of encouragement. I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and come and join us right now because there's freedom that's still ringing. ask you to come down. Pastor Jade, if you join me this morning. I don't know what maybe you've struggled with this week. I don't know what lie the enemy may have told you. I don't know how dark it may have appeared to be. But just like the flag of this nation is waving, this Christian flag is still waving. Men and women still come and stand under it. And I'm so thankful this morning that the banner of His that is over us is still a banner of love. Would you come? We'll pray with you right now. Would you come as they minister in song? As they minister in song. Oh, we bless your name. Sister Blanche, you come and help me pray this morning. <laughs> 